TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 715, I'm getting a lot of text of this, so let me recap for this, rather, so let me recap it. Highs today of 52, a chance for some morning rain, 60% chance, cloudy right now, gray skies. Uh, tomorrow, chilly, breezy, sunny, highs of 56. Thursday, an Arctic front moves in, 30% chance for showers. The high Thursday is going to be 64 but do not be fooled, because it's a coming. Thursday night, Friday morning, lows on the North Shore, 1826 South Shore. So you're talking about a hard freeze on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night on the North Shore. Uh, probably, I would take the same precautions on the South Shore, although Christmas night is probably not going to be as cold, but you don't want to get stuck, right? High temperatures as we get closer to Christmas. Friday, 34 and windy, so it's going to be cold. Chill. Uh, wind chill factors will be in the teens. Christmas very Christmas Eve, very cold. Highs of 36 and Christmas Day, highs of 38. So you'll be able to use that fireplace and have one of those Norman Rockwell Christmases. David Schultz joins us now, Professor, well, at least the way it looks. I don't know how your family gets along. David Schultz, Professor of Political Science at Hamlin University. How you doing, David? We're doing great. Just to let you know, right now it's four below zero. Um, today will be a high of eight, and we've got about six inches on the ground. So I think you must be getting coming in the, the cold front that hit us. It's heading down to you now, by the way, it sounds uh, like. I know a lot of people don't want what you have, but I'd like it for Christmas at least. And then we'll see beyond that. Um, yeah. David, I was asking people on a lighter note here, since we are getting close to the holidays, if they could have one gift, what would they, what would they give themselves? And it can't be something ethereal like world peace or, you know, uh, whatever. It's got to be something tangible. And people are texting in, um, I'd love my mortgage to be paid in full. Um, 2005 Heritage Ford GT, a lot of cars are coming up. Paid off mortgage. Somebody else said 100 pounds lighter without diet and exercise. Jordan decided to allow that one. What about you, David? Who would be at the top of your list? Okay, top of my list. This is going to sound really boring, but... but um I need to replace the floor in my garage, which is all chewed up, you know, from like water. I, I don't think like that's, that. I think that's a perfect answer to the question. Those are the kind of things that we would like that would make us happy. And, and you wouldn't have to deal with any of the uh, arranging for it or uh, prices or just have it done. Right. Absolutely great. And get rid of a headache in my life. There you go. Good answer. Tell me about the January 6th committee. Uh, you read the report. What happens from here? And tell me what was in the report. Well, first off, what's in the report, it's about 150 pages, and that's the executive summary. Tomorrow, apparently, the full report comes out, which I guess is hundreds and hundreds of pages. I mean, the summary was pretty exhaustive, and it basically goes through all the witnesses, all the evidence, everything they've gathered. If anybody watched any of the hearings, it was kind of a summary of what we learned. And at the end, what the report concludes is that there ought to be um, four charges. They recommended four charges be brought against the president, inciting or insurrection, um, obstruction of a proceeding, um, conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to make a false statement. So the committee has voted to refer the report and the charges to the Justice Department. And now 
it becomes part of a file that the Justice Department has because they've already been thinking about it, they've already been investigating the president. And so now it's really what in Merrick Garland or actually in the special prosecutor's hands, are they going to indict on Donald Trump as well as, by the way, several other individuals are being recommended for indictment. And they're recommending that several members of Congress who refuse subpoenas that they face um, um, disciplinary action within Congress. So there's a ton, absolute ton of stuff in there. Give me some precedents for this that we can compare and contrast to where there have been congressional committees before and then they have um, referred it to the Justice Department. Can you think any? Yeah, but first off, not at this level, certainly not at the presidential level that we've had anything. You know, we've had situations where, for example, I remember during I think it might have been during the Reagan era or the first Bush era. I can't remember now um, where you had um, individuals who refused to cooperate or who lied before Congress. Uh, I think what Rita Lavelle, I think she was with the EPA. It's a kind of a name I remember from the past. And she she refused to cooperate. Um, and she was eventually um, held in contempt of Congress, um, referral sent to um, the Justice Department, and they prosecuted her for, for basically you know defying Congress. Um, so it's, 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 it's been, let's say, mostly at the level of refusing to cooperate, you know, following subpoenas, um, but certainly never at the level of, of the presidential level in terms of what we're seeing here. And those other parallels would, would have been no different than if you and I were issued a subpoena to show up, I don't know, before local court. And we basically said, you know, heck with you, I'm not going to show up. Um, you and I would spend some time in jail, you know, if we didn't cooperate. So that's what most of the rest of them have been at, let's say sort of at that level. Right, this is intensely political. We'll talk about that when we come back with the presidential election now coming into the focus after the midterms are over. We're talking to David Schultz, professor of political science at Hamlin University, 504-260-1870. If you have any questions or comments, it is 721 on this Tuesday morning, chilly, cloudy. Let's take a look at traffic now on WWL. 7.26 and a half, Tommy Tucker. Quickly back to David Schultz, whose latest book is... Trumpism, American Politics in the Age of Polytainment. It's a fun read. It really is. And you can get that at all the usual outlets, I'm guessing, David? Yes, you can. Correct. All right. Um, so let's talk about the politics of this. This whole thing is inherently inherently political. It can't not be. What effect is it going to have on the Republican Party, on former President Trump running for office on the primaries? You know where I'm going with this. Take over. I do know where you're going on this one. And first off, there's no way that you're right. It cannot be political, even though in theory the decisions about submitting it to the Justice Department, the Justice Department decision what to do, they should be playing it clean, and we hope they do. But no matter what, it either looks political or it is political. Going into the election, assume well, for the sake of argument, um, he's indicted. This is just going to be yet another divide within the Republican Party that already is divided between the Trump camp, the DeSantis camp, and who knows what other camps that are out there. Uh, um, indictment doesn't prevent the president from running or an ex-president from running. And even if he were convicted, um, it doesn't prevent him you know, from running for, you know, running for office. And so um, – I will simply say this becomes one more problem that Donald Trump is facing going into 2024 because was it last week it was his organization was convicted of what bank fraud or tax fraud in New York. Um, he's facing lots of challenges, but for his true believers, none of this is going to change anything. You know, I, I go back to a quote from Barry Goldwater I saw in a long time and he a long time ago in 64, I think it was. And he said that um, the, his problem with uh, Christian 
right taking over the party was that they think they're doing the work of God and there's no compromise with them because you can't compromise with God if they think that they're guided by God, right? And I think right. with Trump, it's kind of the same thing with his followers. I don't think, in a way, I think they do, do deify him to an extent, and I don't think there's any compromise on their part. I don't think there's any compromise on his part. I don't see him stepping aside or striking a deal with the Republican Party or or making way and, and, and putting his personal needs aside so that the Republicans can win the White House. Do you? Well, I absolutely agree with you that it, it really is all about him for him. And um, at the end of the day, I think it's a cult of personality. I'm going to throw in Bob Dylan, who's from Minnesota, where I live now, too. You know, he had a great song that's called God on Their Side. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point he said, more damage in the world has been caused by people um, claiming God is on their side. In fact, I would rather um, – ha- uh, uh, um, so he basically said – don't make those kind of arguments because usually it, it, it turns out to be really a bad thing and people wind up being really intolerant as a result. And yet some of those same people will be the first to scream about separation of church and state. Just think about what you're thinking. That's all. That's all I'm asking. David, thank you so much. I appreciate all your help throughout the year. If we don't talk to you again, Happy New Year, but I have a feeling we may. Who knows? And Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Everything. Happy Everything. And as a friend of mine used to say, and I mean it this year, Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I mean it this year. Thank you, sir. David Schultz, professor of political science at Hamlin University. I was at the doctor's office yesterday, and I wasn't quite sure what, so I just said, happy and merry everything to everybody. We're going to take a break, come back, talk about carbon capture and LSU's role in that right now. Time for WWL First News. For that, we go to Ian Ozan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.